Hey, common scientists, welcome to this week. We are going to be talking about Mr. Musk. So if you don't know the name, Elon Musk, he's kind of a badass, well, depending on your perspective, in business, in science, in physics, and the list seems to just go on and on and on. And so we're going to ask some questions about him today as common scientists, and I'm going to kick it to Aiden to start off because he's kind of an Elon Musk fanboy. But first, I want to tell you all that like the second day that I ever met Aiden, we were on a date kind of in his apartment, and he asked me if I was familiar with Neuralink. Now, this will probably come up more later in our podcast, but he was so excited that he brought up the video or the like first press conference that Elon Musk had about Neuralink and subjected me to a 30-minute explanation. It was like 20 minutes. Of, <laughs> of this crazy hyper-meta, I mean, just theory and science and yeah i love you aiden that was also just a wild and here i am today anyways so something worked and to aiden yeah (laughs) on Um, on elon yeah so jay actually selected this topic but like lauren said uh i (laughs) i definitely have some uh issue with the the word Elon Musk fanboy but I could see how that would come across because there are some things that I I disagree with there's also a lot that I do agree with um and he's really a character one thing that I uh would like to just kind of uh as a preface to really digging into Elon Musk is something I've enjoyed enjoyed on the common science podcast is talking like doing these kind of like biopics so like taking a look at a person and trying to understand them uh their story and and where they came from and what they're doing now or if they're if they've passed what they achieved throughout their life um yeah i was i was curious uh and i wanted to just like posit the question how do we understand a person like how do we like what what should we talk about when when it comes to elon what should we talk about in future biopics like what yeah, what's the point of, of like, talking about a person? <laughs> kind of out of, left, out of left field here and taking us away from Elon for a moment. Um, yeah. I think, well, I think it's just keep it with Elon. I think he's one of the most important people um, to talk about in the world right now based on, not that he always has the best ideas or the most outrageous ideas, but he's the figurehead that gives them and posits them and explores them with the public. There's very few people that do that to his to that extent. And like, I mean, a lot of people are calling him like the real life Tony Stark for a reason. Tony Stark is Iron Man, um, billionaire, superhero, extraordinaire, <laughs> world changer. And um, I definitely um, subscribe to that um, characterization of Elon Musk. And yeah, like I don't, I, I mean, I agree with if I I don't I might not necessarily agree with everything that Elon is doing or saying, et cetera, Obviously, but the general spirit of Elon that I know, I definitely subscribe to, and I'm also a fan. Of. Yeah. What 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 have you learned from Elon Musk? Um, Elon to me is the nexus of sci-fi and the now. So everything that I read about in sci-fi and everything that I have hoped for and dreamt of as a kid, he seems to be trying to bring into our reality, hopefully before I die. And he does. So <laughs> um, I learned to, I mean, I don't know how old Elon is, mid-40s maybe, I don't know, 50s, I have no idea. But um, I learned that, you know, even at that age, like, even as, like, intelligent as he is, as many limits as he knows there are in the world, he is continuing to push the envelope and keep dreaming. Yeah. Um, 49 years old, June 28th. <laughs> um, something. 71. 71. Yeah, I would, I'd agree with that characteriz- char- characterization, and that's, like, why I resonate as well um, with... I guess what he represents, because uh, even if I mean, obviously he's got all these companies, and he not one man can do it all. But um, just the uh, like challenging people to think like, oh, let's let's get to Mars. Like it's one thing to like, it's one thing to 
read sci-fi and another thing to have someone with the resources and the smart people in the room and being like oh yeah we're gonna do it um so i guess yeah the the nexus of the sci-fi and the now um i would agree with lauren we haven't touched so much on though who is elon musk even and to your first question aiden how do you how do you talk about a person or one's life i mean do you start with history because that makes sense do you start with impact do you start i mean where does one begin and especially with a figure as monstrous as or as famous as elon is um but i think his history maybe makes start to sense a little a little bit um and so elon musk was born in africa right South Africa. South, South Africa. Africa. And um, did some schooling there. I'm going to, I'm really like prefacing or just giving you kind of a snip, snippet. Moved to Canada um, and then from Canada to the US I think and then started business. I don't know if you guys want to expand more. So there were like two points that stood out to me that I think um, just explain some of his uh, actions today. And I guess that's partly why I enjoy like listening and, and trying to uh, develop our own kind of biographies is uh, like understanding how where someone came from and how that might have gotten them to where they are today and how maybe pieces of that might be adapted to my own life or other people's own lives. Um, but he was a huge sci-fi nerd. So he was big into like he recommends the Isaac Asimov series, which Dre could probably speak more to because I actually have not uh, read his books. Um, but Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is one that he is a huge fan of as well. Uh, and growing up, he was big into that. And then the other piece, too, is, uh, I mean, thinking about, like, upbringing, he had, he, I mean, I guess report, is reported to have uh, some daddy issues, so he didn't get along with his father too well, but his father, I think, was in all these different fields. So I think, like, observing that his father, I can't remember exactly, but he was, like, a mechanical engineer and an investor in real estate and this and that and all these different just, like, domains. And I think that probably... I mean, I see it reflected at least in, in Elon Musk being like, oh, I can tackle all these different domains. But Dre, do you have anything to, to add to at least the early Elon? Uh, about 10 years old, he got really into light computing slash coding. By 12 years old, he sold his first like video game, Blast Star, for $500. And I, I believe, yeah, like you said, he was kind of like a disgruntled youth in a way. Like He felt like he was being limited where he was at. That was part of why so his his mother his mother is Canadian, so he filed for a Canadian citizenship so he can get closer to the U.S. And he kind of grew up with this American dream type of deal. Like if I can get to America, I know I can bring the things all my creations to life. He was bullied a lot as a kid. Was hospitalized one time at least for after being pushed down the stairs um, by bullies. So just a you know classic kind of brilliant kid he has all these pie in the sky dreams and a world that's not ready for it is there any fictional character um in more of a childhood sense that elon musk kind of aligns with in your guys's mind Ooh, it reminds I, me a bit of ender from ender's oh game. man that's what i thought of too <laughs> i was oh, about nice. to say yeah i haven't read ender's game Okay, um, so it's another sci-fi type yeah, yeah. novel. Genius kid saves the world. Okay. Yeah, Dope. and he he's like this skinny <laughs> kid, skinny kid who gets bullied and and like kind of keeps to himself because he keeps his thoughts a lot and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think or Artemis Fowl, although that's more magic. Yeah, I think Dre, what you brought up about the world that's not ready for him, I think like, I mean that that there's some truth to that for sure. Uh, in that like, yeah, I would think, I mean, the awkward nerdy person with a lot of dreams that like then doesn't fit in as a result. Um, like that bullying probably has some sort of a correlation to other, other little geniuses. 
Um, yeah. Lauren, do you have anything else to ex expound upon? Not on his early life, just to remind ourselves that he too was human and um, claims that he also graduated with college debt and did an exper experiment uh, where he lived on ramen every day and tried to figure out you know, how he could live with the lowest means possible to find sustainability or, or success in his in his mind in his right and even slept on a couch at one of his earlier businesses to make that happen so i think humanizing him before getting into like this god complex kind of of who and what he is today is important to remember yeah. that he was bullied as a kid and he was yeah i mean genius but human that yeah. rem that reminds me a little bit i can't remember uh what it was exactly but we i think it was a movie lauren and i watched uh and it was just the the idea that like you never know when it's like someone might become extraordinary mm -hmm. like they everybody comes from the same place uh, well i mean obviously with the you know inequality of opportunity but like we all come from this like infant that has infinite infinite potentiality and who would have thought that infinite. like that's a good one yeah elon would become what he is today or whoever else benjamin franklin or yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. too so elon he's going back and forth with being like the richest person in the world at least publicly mm -hmm. um with bezos and uh, I'm pretty confident that he also has pledged to give all of his possessions away before or upon death. So also kind of interesting, um, kind of talking about coming from humble beginnings and living on a ramen diet. He, I, the general understanding of him from what I've always heard and read is that even though he is, you know, he's a little kooky, you know, he's a little bit, whatever takes risks, maybe a little bit cocky in some of his things, whatever, maybe he's done some things for money, but at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like he really values material possession a whole lot. He's really out here trying to like just advance human thought and human life. And some of it might just be selfish, right? Some of it you might just like, Man, maybe I can do this. But at the same time, whatever selfishness he's doing is really advancing science and humanity and engineering and what the, at least what the general populace, the Overton window, what we think is possible. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's cool. So I think it's important then to speak to some of what Elon Musk is known for and doing today. Um, I'm wondering who wants to tackle SpaceX. I'll start right before SpaceX. A okay. lot of people don't know that he was founder of PayPal and that's how he got his initial wealth mm -hmm. was by selling X.com and PayPal. So that's pretty cool. And that's how he yeah. got the funds to start things like Tesla and SpaceX. And uh, back up even further. Um, so yeah he also like i think too uh noting his willingness to uh dive into the uncertainty and, and take an opportunity so he quit he had gotten into a physics phd at stanford university and then quit after two days um, because he observed the internet revolution around him and he was like oh i gotta get a, become a part of it and start a company and then obviously x.com and, and and paypal uh yeah. as a result um yeah i think just to also bring up and reiterate and expand a little bit on the ramen experiment that he talked that elon did talk about was that he, he did an experiment in college where he was like oh um like what is the minimum i need to survive and he realized like i can well, I can live 30 days on $30, $1 for ramen mm -hmm. every day. And in like the rich society that we live in. And I think a lot of people uh, don't risk, and myself included, um, like it's pretty in, much in human nature to, to be fearful of loss um, and be more fearful of loss than like interested in gain. Um, and yeah, I think like, yeah, his willingness to to uh, risk failure uh, and jump into entrepreneurship is just something to admire. Yeah, um, I agree. That is really admirable. And I think if you're going to do something like like he did or like even for a lot of creatives, like if you want to be a writer, if you want to do this or do that, or if you want to put a lot into making a podcast or something, you're going to have to risk like 
sacrificing money because the time that you're putting into a creative project, into a brainchild, is not often going to be well paid, right? Nine, nine out of ten startups fail, I think, mm-hmm. is, the, is the percentage. But yeah. Yeah, and I think it's notable as well outside of the ramen experiment, if I remember right, that not all of his early business ventures were extremely successful. And in fact, uh, throughout his career, there have been times where he has been mocked um, or pushed out of a position as CEO because people didn't think he was experienced enough or mm-hmm. being chastised from from the business sense and even from the scientific community. While he's really pushed scientific revolution, he has been subject to a lot of heat from different areas. I think successful people especially when they have letters behind their name, get nervous when someone who doesn't is doing good in the world mm. and being noticed. That's scary to people. Mm, yeah, I think especially so Elon has spoken out along, I mean, in a similar vein to other uh, past scientists against uh, the focus that we currently have on the letters behind your name because um, he has at least... I mean, stated that you don't need a college degree to work at Tesla was one of his quotes. Um, and he is pretty, uh, definitely a strong believer in the power of self-education. Um, so I think that's another admirable trait and something that I'd like to see mm-hmm. more focus on going forward. So PayPal was the beginning. PayPal and what was it called before PayPal? It was like Zip2, yeah. and then that became got rolled into X.com or something. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay, so from from there um, to what next? Was it Tesla next, or was it SpaceX? SpaceX, right? I think SpaceX, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So SpaceX. Hey. SpaceX. Um, I think some. so something that, yeah, I'm not sure if I agree so much with him on uh but with within spacex i mean his he tried again like lauren said he tried and and failed a couple times so he went to russia Mm -hmm. and was looking for some intercontinental ballistic missiles or icbms to like start off his like originally it was not a rocket company and but it was like a uh, what was it again? It was like Mars Oasis was his like original idea where it was like it was going to be like a colony forming company, whatever that means. And he refined it down to rocket making. Um, but anyways, so for a couple of years, he was going to Russia and struggling to make these deals. And he was like, man, why are these rockets so darn expensive? And then he was like, oh, well, a lot of these rockets are being made by government institutions and they don't necessarily have the, the incentives to make things cheaply. So he was like, well, let's make a rocket company and let's like make rockets. Uh, the big innovation was making rockets able to land again. Um, and that's like his big message, I guess, with it. But yeah, uh, tried one thing uh, and then refined his idea and made it into a, a private rocket company, which is... Uh, to send people to Mars and obviously I mean you could go on and on Um, he has sent his obviously the Tesla Tesla comes later on but he has used one of his rockets to send a a Tesla Roadster into outer space Um, so he's he's an oddball and has a lot his hands in a lot of different in in a lot of different uh, pots but yeah um, I guess that would be my little background on spacex yeah and to kind of both of your points um a moment before about kind of like the letters behind your name and being an outsider and maybe just being like too pie in the sky etc etc um so i don't i read that i don't know if it was a metaphorical like a figurative meaning or like a literal meaning but it said that when he addressed the people in russia like like they spat on him Cause like, that's mm-hmm. how like, disagree, like that's how much they disagree with what he was saying and what he was trying to do. And I don't know, maybe he was being rude and arrogant. I don't know the details of the story, but that's just how much people have not believed in what Elon has been doing. Like most of his life, Tesla, similar thing, right? Have the huge backlash against that. Maybe some of that is just like the big car industry. People don't want to get rid of OPEC. People don't want to get rid of oil, etc. 
but there are there have definitely been obstacles. It does not matter what he tries, how much he's achieved. Now he's on SpaceX and Tesla, and people are still like down on the Hyperloop. People are still down on all these things. But he he was the person, him, well his team, right? It's not just him, but he's the figurehead. He's the creative visionary, and he and his group were responsible, SpaceX, for the first privatized um, rocket to hit Earth's orbit. Like he's comedian, like back in 2000, what, eight that happened? He's competing with NASA at this point. Just a normal dude who like sold PayPal. He's <laughs> competing with NASA at this point, which is bonkers. And he just decided, he founded SpaceX in 2002, the Mars Oasis idea in 2001, and then seven years after the Mars Oasis idea, He's putting a rocket into space as an individual, a private rocket. So that's pretty insane. And then what was it? Um, 2015, Falcon 9 becomes the first reusable rocket, right? You know, Elon, so it's not just, hey, I want to have fun and just blast things in outer space. But it's also like he also doesn't want to destroy the planet. He also doesn't want to be wasteful. So it's like, no, we should be able to land these. So yeah. he, now he's passing NASA because now he's landing the rockets. <laughs> he's yeah. bringing them back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Uh... One thing that I think is uh, fascinating about Elon is his ability to work across many different uh, domains. And one uh, educational philosophy that I had also uh, subscribed to in many ways is so he has talked a lot about viewing things through a lens of physics and fundamental uh, like physical laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's also kind of like the beginnings of Common Science. The podcast uh, was talking about like, oh, how how do phys- how does scientific phenomena like manis- manis- manifest itself around us, and how can we use that as like information going forward about our daily lives? Um, and so he puts places a lot of emphasis on using these like fundamental. Uh, physical laws to understand the world, including business and including all these other uh, like areas that he needs to navigate. Um, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to mention that. So pretty iconic guy. If you hadn't heard of him prior to this and you probably had, um, I think it's just, it's important to consider all of these different angles of his humanness, his, business lens, his science lens to understand. And I do think Tesla and SpaceX are probably what he's most well known for. I don't think many people even, well, I don't know about many people, but I think many people probably don't know about his humble beginnings and just see him as this like Lord of technology and space and cars, right? But I think even his humanitarian drive we should comment on even even further because Tesla was, um, from my understanding, driven out of that desire, right? If there were someone to say, and I believe in my understanding, Elon said, I want to tackle CO2 emission, right? Like, let's maintain the planet long enough to get to Mars, right? If that's his goal through SpaceX. And in order to do that, we need to, like, what, what can we do? Well, one thing that we could do is all drive electric cars, right? That's one big emitter. And how could we do that? Well, cars would have to be then affordable and widely disseminated. Well, how could we do that? Well, we would build engines that were cheaper. And so that's where he started, right? Like he reverse engineered how he might have this huge impact. And now Tesla, I think, is the number one purchased um, electric, electric vehicle car. for sure in the world and has grown exponentially if you look at other other vehicle growth right over the period of history it's been much more slow um and then now tesla has has emerged and really is starting to dominate the market some might say is dominating the market out of this altruistic drive to do good for the planet which is pretty cool i will say something about i guess two things to tesla in particular so for one uh, it took a court case to make him be considered a co-founder. So there were actually two other dudes who had started Tesla Motors originally and had been working on it for at least a couple of years. And then Elon came in as an investor in the Series A. And obviously, I mean, has played a huge role. Um, 
But I, I don't know. I, I, I would say it's a little arguable as to whether or not he founded the company, but he definitely um, played a huge role in shaping it into what it is today. Um, the other thing is, uh, I would say too, is that it is inspiring though, the story of, of Tesla to see, um, I mean, we haven't seen a automotive, a successful automotive startup uh, since the days of like Henry Ford and, and like, I mean, you see Ford and Chevrolet and all these other like massive, massive electric companies. Electric cars and, have been laughed at. I mean, in, oh, they my, were for a while. in yeah. my experience, I, I just heard, yeah, people would make jokes, would laugh about them. What was it? The Prius or the Oh, the Prius is a... I mean, everything, yeah. yeah. The Prius is like the iconic hybrid one, but yeah. Um, Yeah, all of them, though. And now, I mean, now it's like, it's sexy. I want Mm -hmm. want to drive a Tesla. Are you kidding? Who doesn't? Right. Yeah, it's got to be like the... like Obviously, until you get to like a million dollar car, it's five, whatever. I don't know, but like... Because he, in his interview with Joe Rogan, he was like, yeah, I put like a secret like Easter egg, like ballet function on there with a car can like do like these dance moves be set to this pilot with like a specific one like i think it's like the roadster or whatever it is but um and all these like intricate things like obviously self-driving all this feedback like like you're driving a computer so it's like i get it that we're stuck with like this kind of arcane idea of like oh we need like i like the power of the muscle and the engine and the, the piss and that's cool but it's also destroying the planet. So I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's like, what are we going to just like everything else? Just like the iPhone is the sexiest or like even the, whatever the smartphone is the sexiest thing. The new computer, the new this, the new that. Like when is cars going to catch up to like cleaner, sleeker? Um, even like the Tesla, it goes zero to 60 and some, ex- I don't even, I'm not going to pretend to know, but it's like some extraordinary amount of time. Like it's crazy fast, crazy amount of power. Electric is just so clean. And so like, it's just such a efficient energy. It's like. This is obviously the future, so why are we fighting it? And yeah. it's like, to me, I'm obviously, I'm on a conspiratorial side. I'm like, man, you know, it's all OPEC and Ford and all these big, you know, GM, all these companies that don't want, you know, don't want their billions to go to mm-hmm. go away. But yeah. it's inevitable. Elon is too much of a force. The Tesla's iconic. The, the planet needs to be safe, so it's inevitable <laughs> that we're all going to get there. Yeah. I hope um, so. Yeah, I think, so something that I was just... I have to say, though, I'm waiting oh, for ahead. the electric tractor. I just saw a picture. <laughs> the just, Tesla tractor. Yeah, it's a Tesla I just, one? I don't know. I, I oh. don't know if it's a thing. I just saw a picture. Oh, I got you, got you. My grandpa on the farm just this past week was one of my brothers. And I, in just having this conversation, I, it was the car and then the like SUV and then the mm-hmm. truck. And yeah. now I'm like, man... We got to dip into that farming market. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Uh, talk about talk about (laughs) semi trucks coming. One day tractors. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, that's a super. I don't know. Can he compete with Farmall and John Deere? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's uh, it's so something just to I guess uh, bring back to Dre's point about um like these massive companies like and the vested interests that they have in the traditional uh like oil driven vehicle um a lot of them are starting to recognize the importance of electric going forward and so a lot of them are starting to uh invest in those kinds of projects but yeah i mean a lot of it is because these companies are their incentives are aligned with dollars and R&D. So research and development costs a heck of a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And like there's like technological development comes along in stages. It's like the idea has to first be conceptualized and then adoption needs to be, um, it needs to be brought to a more mass market. Um, Doesn't, but, didn't Elon like publicize all of his like findings on like lithium batteries and everything like that. I thought he had like I heard. A I'm, quote like I'm that. not totally sure, but I have heard him have heard a quote where he's like talking about. Um, I mean, who knows if if he would actually react this way because humans are human. But uh, at least with with regards to his wealth and like the wealth of Tesla in particular, like he his goal is to. I mean, create an awesome car and push the, the Overton window. So shift like the conversation and shift the big companies into investing into electric. And like he has said, oh, if Tesla doesn't win out and doesn't become 
be like the electric vehicle company, that's fine. Um, all he wants is electric vehicles out there, which I think is um, super honorable if that's true. Right, if it's <laughs> true. Like, yeah, obviously, people are people, and and uh, yeah. one thing that might depending on how you interpret it, might lend itself to and against that is, so he founded OpenAI. Yeah. Which is like the corporation of like, just open, like open research for general artificial intelligence or artificial general intelligence. Mm -hmm. Just making sure, trying to make it as safe as possible. Make sure that we don't get a hostile artificial intelligence takeover. And also making sure that one large corporation or one large government doesn't all of a sudden monopolize all of the doesn't doesn't get artificial general intelligence first and then control mm -hmm. everything so he's kind of making this coalition or has made this of like just open research right it's all out there mm -hmm. so that kind of lends itself to being like him probably being open with his tesla research probably, and just yeah. wanting the betterment of humanity and being okay with competition but then also depending on how you interpret this next part he did also have to step down from open ai because of his possible conflict with tesla so I'm not exactly sure how to read into that. Yeah, but. I think it might have been, I know, Lauren, you talked a little bit about the Musk Foundation and how a lot of that was just funneling money into OpenAI because OpenAI, I believe, is a nonprofit. I think over not 50, for profit. Yeah. over 50% of some of their um, revenue or like, yeah, just comes from straight into Yeah, which obviously how much, how much power should one individual have is obviously... That's hard, yeah, right? a tough question. Your goals yeah. are altruistic, man. I, I'm happy to live in a world with Elon doing crazy shit. The altruistic dictator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, oh, I'd much rather have Elon Musk for a future leader than Jeff Bezos if we had to choose. Or Joe Biden. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, no doubt. Jeff Bezos. Boo. Yeah, boo. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> boo. Um, that guy, he's Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about Lex Luthor. Yeah. Man, um, Not for him. Yeah, it, it's a super important question and a hot, hot topic uh, today is like, should there be billionaires, for example? And like, this was the tough example that uh, Lauren brought up was like when we were philosophizing about it is like oh but what about elon like could somebody create could it i mean clearly nasa wasn't able to build a rocket that could land as well um mm -hmm. and so like is it possible for like a democratic coalition to achieve some of the stuff that elon has in terms of pushing the envelope on electric vehicles i don't think so um but yeah, I also think there's often so much red tape within like a government agency that pushing, like creatively pushing the bounds of science and human development can be challenging. And, and I'm grateful right now in this moment today, right, based on what we've seen Elon Musk do, I'm grateful that he is pushing the envelope. But you just don't know, right? someone could equally push the envelope in an opposite direction because you can get by red tape when you're that wealthy. I do want to comment on to the um, sort of more gray areas of, of Elon Musk where you guys have kind of brought up like, oh, well, he may have been, like he might have not actually been a founder or he may have been pushed out of this or that. And to just remind us all that when you're wealthy, people get greedy. If you do well or even better than someone in a project and are given more credit, people freak out. If you smoke pot on a podcast once, people freak out, right? Like, Which Elon did. <laughs> yeah. That was so, stupid. yeah. I mean, yeah, when you get into this world of wealth, there are all these rules and norms that you're supposed to follow, and God forbid you have a folk way, right? Like, God forbid, one time you smoke pot on a on a podcast, while, people get uppity. While in California, where it's legal. Right. Um, so one thing that I'm curious, yeah, what what how you guys might react is so on that same Joe Rogan podcast um, where Elon smoked a joint and there was all sorts of hubbub. Um, he Rogan like asked a question where he was like, oh, it must be fun to be Elon, right? Like, what, mm. what is it like to be Elon? And then Elon said, I don't think you'd want to be me. 
Um, and his reason behind that was like, he was just talking about, I mean, on the one hand, all the pressure that comes with all of the ventures that he's a part of, but on the other hand, he talks about how, how much, uh, like how frequently ideas come to him that he can't turn it off. So he like even struggles to sleep because he just like is constantly like ideas are just coming to him. Like, yeah, different. I mean, obviously transformative ones in many ways, but, um, he just can't like turn off his mind. So I I don't know. Yeah. And in that same vein, one, one of the research areas, um, what was it? The, the car, the transportation thing that he did research on Mm, where like he just didn't have capacity. Oh, the hyperloop. The hyperloop. Yeah. yeah, Where he did all the research, right. Had this idea, put the foundations together and then put it into the world, hoping that some other genius could take it up because he just doesn't have capacity. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, and I think with Elon, to, to your point, Lauren, and then I'll get to kind of what you said, Aiden. Um, to your point, I think that is the beauty of him, is as a symbol, is of a, okay, this is what is possible. Because just so often, like, almost nothing that he's done that I think was going to be possible by now. Or like, or with the electric car, I knew it was possible, but I also knew that every company was like, nah, like, we're not doing this. But... So whether it was it was physically possible, but is it like practical or is it like economically possible with all the pressures of our government and the powers that be? But he's like, no, f that. This is what we're doing. Yeah, in sixth grade, I did. We learned about clean energy for the first time in sixth grade science, and I put together. We all had to do like a pamphlet and presentation, and I put together a pamphlet and presentation on the water car, which was research that had come out prior to me being a. a fifth grader or sixth grader and um yeah my teacher in science like told me yeah that wouldn't be like that wouldn't be possible you'd get bought out and I remember talking about it in like sixth grade and people just had accepted like you said that the powers that be wouldn't allow it and mm-hmm. you're so right Elon Musk was like like screw that noise no like this yeah. is what I'm doing this is what we need to do our planet needs this yeah one thing about clean energy commoners look into nuclear energy um, it's way more fascinating than you think and way cleaner and safer than you might think. Look into that. Future podcast coming. <laughs> future <laughs> future and podcast potentially coming. dangerous for all of humanity. Yep. So it's so, coal and oil. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, number two. Safer than you'd think. Yeah, you'd safer be surprised. Than you think. I didn't say there was no safe, then no danger. Safer <laughs> than you think. Safer than coal. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Um, <laughs> dang, what are we talking about? What is it? So cars, water cars, and... Elon being able to like fight with the powers that be. Oh crap! Yeah, I don't even remember what I was gonna say. I got thrown off with the nuclear waste <laughs> argument. <laughs> but That's um, funny. going back to Aiden, yeah, the tortured mind of a genius, man. It's, I definitely don't. I have no delusions of grandeur as though well, I would want to be Elon Musk. It's like, yeah, do you want the fame and the coolness and like the money and whatever? Maybe, but like it take. There's a reason why he can achieve these things, right? It's not because he thinks just like me. It's not because like he has downtime. Right. It's not yeah. even like that. And then going back to our boredom episode, I wonder if he has an uncanny ability to enter flow state. Like if he can just go like whole days in flow and like because that would possibly contribute to him not being able to sleep. And flow was really good for a couple hour maybe. But how if you're going into it every couple hours because your mind is just maybe he just has a hyper ability to focus and a hyper ability to like he has all these purpose like he feels so purposeful so he's like this is really important this needs to be done so he's trying to sleep and he's just like no flow state like i can't sleep yeah. and all of a it's like two days have passed and this dude just can't stop going 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 yeah i think it's like possibly a combination of that but like maybe not so much about like i mean he's got a unique capacity to stay focused but also not if that makes sense, like that he needs to have so much novel stimuli mm. by having all of these different kinds of like, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to operate SpaceX and that's all I'm going to do is this one genius idea. And I'm going to like occupy myself with completely refining this rocket. It's like, I got to do 12 things at once, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. do them all extremely, extremely well. And um, I do have to comment to that point, Aiden, and... Hopefully you don't lose your train of thought. But 
when we say that he's doing all these things, we don't just mean, oh, he's involved in SpaceX, the boring company, Neuralink. Just within SpaceX, he's a founder, CEO, CTO, and chief designer. And in other companies, a different person or team might like head up each of those departments or like each of those areas, right? So when we say that he is involved in a lot, we mean he's involved in a lot, yeah. like a lot. And so speaking, that brings up another point. Um, and this is a point that, I, yeah, I haven't decided if I agree on uh, or not. But so he like was working 120 hours a week and then toned it down to toned it down in quotes to like 60 to 80, I think, or 80 to I think it was around 80 hours a week. Um, and he has said nobody ever changed the world in 40 hours a week. So I'm, I'm curious what your responses are to that. Cause clearly, I mean, he's working like crazy to, to hey, yeah. be so My suspicion but... is that he's correct. Not that you necessarily need to work yourself to the bone, or like need to try to do that, but there's something in a lot of these great people these great figures these great historical figures these world changers that just like elon they can't turn it off like i'm i'm sure newton he couldn't just turn it off he's just thinking about the stuff constantly like you have to be thinking a lot to like make up calculus or like what you know what i mean so i feel like that's probably just a trait of a lot of these kind of super thinkers like they just they have all these thoughts and they probably don't like a lot of them can't turn it off what was the comment no one in Say it again, the 40 hours. Oh, nobody can. Nobody ever changed the world uh, on 40 hours a week. So I don't know if that's true per se. I mean, and I, it depends on how you quantify the time spent, right? But, like, whoever planned the attack on the World Trade Center, the world changed in hours. The whole world changed in right. hours. I mean... I I don't I don't know if he means for the, for good only, mm-hmm. but there have been single events that have changed the world. I that think did not necessarily take someone working for yeah. forty hours, and I would argue for the good and for the bad. Um, Malala Yousafzai is another example that comes to mind. Age ten or eleven, I think she was shot by the Taliban and survived. Um, and now lobbies for education. That was like one instance. Yeah, I think it depends on your degree to which you change the world. I mean, I think building things, uh, like what I can't remember what saying I'm trying to recall, but like building things takes, so, well, in the instance of trust, building trust takes a lifetime, but breaking it takes just like, I mean, seconds. Yeah, so... Like, I think... Is that an Aiden quote? That's, that was pretty powerful. Building trust takes a lifetime. It might but be. But breaking trust can happen in <laughs> But moments. who knows? I've read a lot, and no, it could I've just be... I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that's true about edifices as well, right? You can take, like, the La Sagrada Familia in Spain. They've been going there for, like, 100 some years. I could, we could, anybody could blow that up, and they'd be gone in a second, right? Both those change the would, world. Yeah. Both those would have a huge impact. But that is not... I guess, I mean, I guess that could be a foil to that idea. And again, just like boredom is a character flaw, it's perhaps just a flawed quote. It just isn't intricate enough. Right. But when it comes to your examples, besides just blowing something up, but even with the 9 11 attacks, I still think that lends credence to Elon's um, quote and his idea because no, it, you, you could be like, oh, well, Elon flew the space shuttle and we landed it in 10 hours. So mm-hmm. he changed the world in 10 hours. It's like, no, he didn't change it in 10 hours. There's everything that led up to that. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine mm-hmm. the people who killed themselves to attack the United States dedicated their entire lives to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they were just as radical for their belief as Elon is for his. Right. Yeah, I think I... And I think similar for Malala. Yeah, she got shot, but it wasn't mm-hmm. her getting shot. It was what she did afterwards, how she traveled the world to tell her story yeah. and to continue to fight. I guess, yeah, I think that makes more sense like seeing it kind of as a catalytic event but when you're talking about hours and dedication and time probably still 40 plus hours a week will go into whatever hence change is 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of it comes down to just continuing to show up every day. Uh, and that's something that I've learned personally is just like, yeah, if you, I mean, if you don't show up for a while, <laughs> like you're not, you're not making. What was it. the book that we read that talked about creative failure and just at least entering the arena, even entering the arena to lose, right? Even if we're podcasting for five listeners, if we're entering the arena and being brave enough to lose, like, and, and to keep losing, right? Or to keep doing just showing up until we win and in this example like people telling us oh your podcast it's boring doesn't have enough science right my mom says i swear too much i mean like whatever it is yeah um it's yeah showing up because like we brought up with elon too how many people have told him he can't do it um and he's just like you know i'm gonna give it a shot uh yeah one i guess one thing that i'm fascinated with is like how uh innovation comes about and i think like a lot of it involves somebody who is humble enough to not to admit what they don't know and then get the smartest people in the room because yeah we we say elon this elon that but like you think about the teams that he's assembled it's Mm -hmm. pretty remarkable Um, i'm not sure if you like i think it was it was uh, not Tes- not Nikola Tesla, but I was reading some other article and and they were talking about the importance of bringing like teams together. Do you guys have any inputs there or experiences there? Diversity of thought is a proven way to push things forward. If you want something bad enough, the universe will conspire for you to get it. So I think with um, Elon with most a lot of figureheads or not most a lot of figureheads yeah you're right like he's he might almost I don't know for sure but he might almost never be the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. right a smart person would say you should be the smartest person in the room so I'm, sh- I'm sure he's just constantly surrounding himself with geniuses or people who are genius in their own right genius mm-hmm. at whatever they're doing um, and uh, I think that's the beauty of a leader is like you have to be charismatic you have to be daring enough to sit look silly on a world stage in order to get your point across and that's what he's done he's been maligned and told he was silly and his ideas will never work and this and that and uh, even to this day people are really poo-pooing on hyperloop and um the boring company saying it's a waste of time saying that Neuralink is just out of bounds and all this type of stuff and i'm pretty confident all these things are going to come to light probably in his lifetime if he doesn't pass unexpectedly prayers for that yeah. <laughs> but um but for sure like again if we live to be ripe age of 80 or etc I'm sure all those things will come to pass and probably within the next 20 years, honestly. But everybody's just on it because they, they don't have the vision. All they see is like they're doing too much. Like when you look at all of the um, obstacles throughout history, if you focus on the negative, it's like, of course, things are going to look way too hard. If you focus on tradition, of course, you're going to be like, oh, this isn't going to work or this isn't going to be moral or whatever. But people like Elon and many others and all the great people who have radicalized the world they just see past that. They have a different vision for the future, and I respect that. And sometimes their ideas are going to be too kooky, but okay. a lot of times. I have to just take a moment, though, to criticize his speaking skills. I've <laughs> never, I've never, I mean, met someone like him, so I guess I can't even use that phrase. Yeah. But I have never seen someone who's done as much influential things in the world who is as poor of an orator as he is. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating because I think it's really important for like scientists and science communicators to be able to get a point across, right? And to be able to do it in a way that people see and tells a story. And man, I don't know if it's because he's so genius in these other ways or if because he's sleep deprived or I mean, (laughs) who knows or whatever it is, but it drives me so crazy. But he's such an icon that I think if he had anyone else speak, it wouldn't hold as much gravitas. Yeah. But it does drive me crazy. And I, with all my speech background, I mean, like... What I appreciate with that, though, what I appreciate with that, though, that he's still... Is that when he's talking you know, the focus is on the ideas. Mm. Whereas like in a lot of instances where, I mean, I 
the, I mean, politicians come to mind because they're the ones who are really good at working emotions. Yeah. Like the focus is not on the ideas. It's on like, oh, how can I make this crowd of people feel good? Yeah, pathos. Um, yeah. But when you're appealing to humanity and everyone is fighting for their attention, I think a scientist right needs to be able to also try to appeal to their attention in some ways and thank god mm-hmm. he knows how to tweet otherwise i don't think he'd <laughs> where we're at yeah. Um, yeah. and that's even debatable he's an out there dude but uh, it drives me nuts that he can't in my opinion in my very novice very untrained naive all the things opinion right is not a good public speaker yeah i was i was surprised by his public speaking first time i heard it as well Definitely. Especially like, cause I, I'm sure that I probably came to mind when I said charismatic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but some, he, he does have this charm and this charisma, despite usually that comes with good speaking. Barack Obama, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Orators of, of just the world. Yeah. Yeah, Elon, a crazy yet thought-provoking genius, right? Yeah, so are you guys excited for Neuralink or what? Excited for Neuralink. Excited would be a strong word. <laughs> like it's a it's a a roller coaster between like some excitement and then also just like I watch a movie like The Matrix where mm. the robots have are like endeavoring to eliminate mankind and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could see where it would go wrong. Uh, so, yeah. So Neuralink, guys, is another one of Elon's and others' brainchild. And it essentially is interfacing brain, um, computer interfacing. So sewing, as he puts it, threads of technology in your mind and directly connecting you to computers and et cetera, et cetera. It's he has they have done some preliminary testing on like people whose kind of brain damage is just or brain disease are just too far gone. So it's like they don't really have any hope to see how Neuralink could possibly rewire things, affect their memory, affect their speech, affect their movement, paralysis, etc. And last I heard, he was planning to integrate just pop, you know, human testing, normal, like whatever mentally intact people in 2021 so really really soon and um lauren has been shaking her head thinking that this is not a great idea (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm so apprehensive i think it's coming regardless of whether i am ready for it or the world is ready for it like you said he from what i've seen is moving into testing in the next year in people that are cognizant um which i think is quite scary i think we talked some about this in the past, but the idea of technological integration with people has so much unknown. There is also so much potential to do good that I just, all I can do is shake my head, right? As a, as a scientist, as a, I mean, young person who in my lifetime may have the choice to sign up for something like that, right? I certainly don't want to be in the first million patients right and i also am very scared of the possibility of brain hacking that that opens up the possibility of being bombarded in our capitalistic society with ads in my head that just sounds like a i mean a direct route to suicide for me personally like if i didn't have control or if i I mean just there's just so much unknown and scary to me that that all I do is shake my head that brings up a so this is a a curious thought too that I've been uh toying with is so our legal system is currently constructed to rectify the system after problems have occurred so like you think of the law and most of the regulations come from a case where people are like, Hey, this is a problem. Let's do something about it. And then there'll be like a restructuring of say like the tax system or like the transparency that a company needs to have, or say like, 
the one of the examples is like anti-discriminatory discriminatory legislation um do you do you guys think that we need to i don't know how it would work in practice but like have some sorts of proactive like laws around ai um like i mean the one that i think of is like oh should ads be illegal in Neuralink? like how does that play out can that play out I think there should be in like an FDA for AI and an FDA for like, I mean, obviously it would be called something else, but like some, some filter, um, for sure at some point. Right. But I also don't want to stifle the timeline of something that could help billions of people sooner than that. It's, there's gotta be a balance. Also the FDA thing is not my idea on watching, um, coded bias and hearing, some of the people who are at the forefront of some of these technologies, not necessarily Neuralink technology, but technology that could drastically change outcomes in life and impact people are advising for there to be more oversight because there is none right now, right? Right now, a targeted ad can hit me on my phone while I'm walking by a liquor store because it knows where I'm at and know that I'm feeling down that day, right? Like, that's nuts and if that technology the technology that exists in my phone is hardwired into my brain I'm nervous mm. Dre you know, I takes? I'm not the hack the brain hacking stuff like literally somebody like that's what people are concerned about Tesla cars too it's like their computer they can be hacked um, I haven't heard of that happening yet perhaps it has um, don't know but I feel like I would have heard of it and the Neuralink thing I don't know. It seems like if something, if, if something is a computer, it can be hacked. It might be. It might never have been hacked because it's so hard. But it's possibly it can be. Is that true, Aiden? Basically, yeah. I mean, they're systems designed by humans, so there's almost always bound to be flaws in said systems. Okay. So, yes, the brain hacking thing is definitely terrifying. Um, the ads and stuff. I'm not as concerned about just for the what you exactly what you laid out is we are already being bombarded by ads constantly i don't think that if it were in our heads it would be like that much more persistent and it, we might actually have more control over it but also yes it should be illegal to put ads in your head like yes also it should yeah. be illegal okay. <laughs> yeah definitely illegal um yeah i think we need some proactive and isn't that kind of what open ai wants to do like they're trying to i don't know about necessarily they're obviously not a government like thing i don't know if they would lobby or whatever but i'm sure they would right yeah i'm sure yeah um there's efforts to lobby um yeah i'm not familiar enough with it though to yeah, yeah. But it sounds like yeah, Elon is pretty. He's had multiple public speeches about the dangers of AI. So it's not like he's just going to this willy nilly. I, I'm not putting just 100% faith in one man, but everything I've seen from him, t he tells me that he is wary of AI. So he must not be very concerned that Neuralink is one of it because it does. It obviously right. doesn't have general intelligence. It's mm -hmm. at the mercy of whoever's controlling it. So um, his his argument his argument. I think is like out of the context of lesser of two evils because he's worried about ai eliminating us on its own so right. he, his philosophy on it then is oh well maybe um if we embed it and like become ai we ourselves then yeah. we won't we, humans won't them be themselves eliminated yeah um which i mean it's solid logic i think so yeah, I subscribe to that as well. I think it's inevitable that it's going to surpass us. At, and as soon as it can learn by itself fast enough, make things that can learn be smarter than it, then it's once it's smarter than us, it's a wrap. Like, there's nothing you can do. Right. It's smarter than us. Um, and I don't know. I just think so. I think the best route is to just assimilate with it. And also, as we've had this discussion many times before, I think transhumanism is the way to go because I don't want to wait 100,000 years for our evolution for us to kill oh sorry kill tribalism and stop mutilations and wars and this and that and greed and all the silly things that end up hurting humans yeah yeah elon musk what a dude <laughs> right? he's got his hands in all sorts of things tesla spacex right and the list goes on um the future of what is it the future of something institute eh? 
Oh, he's also, yeah, supports the future of Life Institute, mm -hmm. I think. Which is also AI sort of research. But needless to say, he's done some good in the world. And like Dre had mentioned, has really proved himself to be a force for science and a force for humans and a force for the world, right? And while he might be out there, I think he's asking good questions, right? He's both a badass scientist, real scientist, common scientist, all the things. And I think the mantra of, of doing good in the world where you can, we could learn from, from Elon.